Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender-based assumptions or pink bandana moments at work. I'm Annie Rogaski, and as you know, if you've been listening recently, I've taken on the challenge to post 30 episodes in the 30 days of November with a focus on stories of how men have been good allies to women, or what I call male ally moments. Today, my guest is Joanna Bloor, who has been on Unraveling Pink before, but today shares a male ally moment. Here's Joanna. With me today is Joanna Bloor. Welcome, Joanna. Thank you for having me, Annie. So you have been on this podcast before, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. My name's Joanna Bloor, and I believe that every decision made about you and your opportunities is made in a room that you're not in, so can you do anything about that? And I actually help people figure that out and articulate why they are awesome. So our regular November listeners will recognize that from Laura Marino's episode. She mentioned you in her episode, so um, you are having a I have a fan club, are you trying to say? Oh, that's awesome. fan club. Tell us about your male ally moment. Well, it's um, actually what I like to call a male ally experience, because I've had lots and lots of wonderful male ally moments. But when thinking about how I could help the listeners and how I could help you and all that, I really thought about two particular guys who did almost the same thing in a male ally moment. Hmm. Um, they were both senior engineers in the comp- two different companies I was working at. Um, and I was working on really complicated, technical, innovative projects with both of them. And uh, the way I think and speak and iterate when it comes to designing software and systems and processes, um, I'm prone to talk as I think, um, and not in essence speak engineering. And for most guys, especially I have found the engineering kind of guys, of which I'm in the room with a lot of them or had been professionally, they find that slightly irritating and grating because they're like, will she ever get to the point? (laughs) Lucky for me, however, there were two men. So um, one was a guy named Bill Vogel at CNET. And then the other was a guy named Neil Mix at Pandora, who both waited long enough for me to get to the point to see that I actually had an idea that was worth listening to. And then afterwards took the time to pull me aside and go, there's a piece that you don't understand and there's some education you need around how we do this and how do you build software and this is how an engineer thinks and this is how you can accelerate what it is you want to manifest and how to talk our language. And in that conversation, in both cases, actually meant that I sat side by side with these two awesome guys and um, they were my teachers throughout the entire project. and. I had, because of this great start and their kindness in having a conversation with me, I was able to be super vulnerable with them and say, I don't understand this, I don't get this, what is this thing? And really, quite frankly, look quite stupid, which for a woman in the room is a really risky thing to do. And um, they would basically teach me everything, and or if I did say something in a room with them that 
they were like, gosh, I need to follow up with you. They would actually come back and say, look, this is the thing that you need to learn. And so I look at both Neil and Bill and consider them part of my my you know post-school education because they really taught me what it is they knew so that we could collaborate better. And I will be eternally grateful for both of them for doing that because unlike most guys that I ran into in the engineering space who would just kind of write me off for various various reasons, they took the time and effort to actually sit down with me and explain to me things that were gonna be important. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of both of them. And so I know that one of the things you're asking for is a challenge to the listeners about how they can manifest this. One of the things that I always recommend to anybody who is in their career, wherever they are in their career, because we're always learning, is look for the teachers. Yeah. Look for your professors in whatever it is you're trying to do. Look for the person who knows so much more about a different part of whatever it is you're doing and build a relationship with them so that you can be vulnerable with them and go, God, I like, I feel stupid and I don't get this and can you help me? Because the result for both parties at the end of the day is magical. So do you think these two guys n knew that they were being an ally to you in the moment? I don't think they ever purposely went out and said, you know, how do I, how do I elevate a woman? Mm -hmm. Specifically, like the typical, like when you sit here and say, do we need a woman in the room? What I think they recognize is that I had a diverse thought pattern and a diverse opinion. And that's what they wanted to make sure they could get in the conversation. And then I think on top of the fact, on top of that, when they did come to me, I didn't immediately go, oh, I can't look stupid in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I really let my guard down. And so a friendship built there very, very quickly. So a lot of women listening might feel like they would love to ask someone for help, but a woman in business asking a guy for help, <laughs> as you mentioned, is a really challenging thing. You're putting yourself out there. So how do you do that? Do you need the relationship to pre-exist before you feel comfortable doing that? Or do you risk putting yourself and your credibility at risk well, because you don't know something. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you have to take the risk because if you don't take the risk, you're going to end up not knowing key pieces of it, which means you're going to fail. And when I think about decision making around when should you do risk, when should you do not risk, I always go through that, okay, so if I do this, what would happen? If I do this, what would happen? If I do this, what would happen? And if you think about that idea of being vulnerable with somebody and you say, okay, so if I'm vulnerable with them and they turn it on me, mm -hmm. Um, what is the manifestation? Well, I'm going to be frank, it'll just be another one of those guys because they exist too, right? right? And those guys, there was absolutely one of those guys on both of those projects. Um, the interesting piece there was the two guys that helped me, that I built relationships, absolutely then helped me with the those guys mm -hmm. and how to talk to them so that they wouldn't be that guy anymore which is really like that was relationship. I wouldn't say that they would share that information up uh, early on. Um, and then, so that's, that's do it and it, it backfires. Don't do it. You're now missing a key piece of information, which is equal, I would say actually is worse or do it and like magical thing could happen. And I, I will talk about the, those guys versus that guy. This may or may, this may be an overgeneralization, but the guys who are being defensive or aggressive or whatever it is that they're manifesting that 
as a woman isn't your style, it's not as collaborative, it's not all of that, there's usually a couple of reasons. One of them is like the style of men to negotiate is actually far more combative than I think women are used to. And it's combative just in play. It's like, it is that, and I people use the expression locker room talk to talk about some of the nastier language, but it's, it's that banter that is part of the social makeup for guys. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that character he doesn't know how to banter with somebody who doesn't talk that way. Mm-hmm. And so it might come across as, as negative or aggressive. And then quite honestly, um, the men who have been in positions where um, I've been like, hell no, am I not letting my guard down? I need to be fully on point. Usually there's a bit of an ego issue mm-hmm. and there's an insecurity and vulnerability. And so in those conversations, I sit here and I go, okay, how do I, how do you actually, do? it is about building a relationship and building trust first so that they can actually be comfortable being in the conversation. Because again, it's about what you're used to, what you're normal, what, what is your normal? And in reality, in a technical conversation, certainly when I was coming up through the ranks, I was the only woman in the room. So I, I was different. I was weird. And it's my job to fit in rather than the other way around. And I know people get a bit upset about that, but I'm like, look, if the guys don't have practice working with somebody like me, then it's my job to help make that easier. And so, yes, it's more work, but I also think it gives the best results and you learn stuff. Well, thank you for that story and that challenge. Uh, Thank Bill and Neil. They're both awesome. Thanks, Bill and Neil. Joanna raises some very tough and topical issues about vulnerability in the workplace. It's a difficult line to navigate, but I hope you take on her challenge and either seek out a teacher where you want to grow your knowledge or look for opportunities to share knowledge with others without mansplaining. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Together, we can unravel the pink bandana.